Our reading is Psalm 77. I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out untiring hands and I would not be comforted. I remembered you, God, and I groaned. I meditated and my spirit grew faint. You kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. I thought about the former days, the years of long ago. I remembered my songs in the night. My heart meditated and my spirit asked, will the, God, will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show his favor again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? Then I thought, to this I will appeal. The years when the Most High stretched out his right hand. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. Your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God? You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. With your mighty arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. The waters saw you, God. The waters saw you and writhed. The very depths were convulsed. The clouds poured down water. The heavens resounded with thunder. Your arrows flashed back and forth. Your thunder was heard in the whirlwind. Your lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and quaked. Your path led through the sea, your way through the mighty waters, though your footprints were not seen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Adam. Uh, let's pray. Father God, I thank you for bringing us all here together this morning. I pray that as we hear more of your word, that you would illuminate it to us uh, and keep us cool and attentive to what you have to say to us this morning. Amen. Amen. Well, I'd love to extend my own welcome to you as well. Uh, if you don't know me, my name's Joe. I'm usually found behind me, behind a guitar or a piano. But this morning I get the pleasure of... Uh, giving you the next installment in our uh, summer series on the book of Psalms. Uh, and as Paul said, we're looking at Psalm 77, which is a psalm of wrestling with God. Um, but as it's my first time giving a talk to you up here this morning, I'd like to have some accountability. So I want you to try and hold me to my two key points this morning. We're going to start by looking at exactly what it is to be wrestling with God. And then we're going to look at why we should be wrestling with God. So nice and simple, what and why. And we're going to spend most of our time when we look at Psalm 77 this morning looking at the first nine verses. But I'm just going to read verses 7 to 9 again. Will the Lord spurn forever and never again be favorable? 
has his steadfast love forever ceased? Are his promises at an end for all time? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in his anger shut up his compassion? Has God forgotten to be gracious? The first time I read that, I audibly laughed to myself. Perhaps it was because, you know, I was thinking maybe about the context in which I would be saying this to you this morning. I'm at church, I'm here, I feel pretty comfortable here at this point, I'm pretty relaxed, I trust most of you people. So that was a fairly easy thing for me to sort of disregard, really. But I know if I separate myself from where I am with you all right now, I've certainly had times and moments where I've questioned if God is with me. So I think it's huge then for us to find this in the Bible. In the very word of God, it says that to wrestle with him can cause us to question his very nature. The very thing that without we really have no Christianity. I mean, what is it to follow Jesus if we do not have an all-loving and gracious God? So this is something we definitely need to make sure we get to grips with. What is it to wrestle that is so fundamental to our faith? So, my first point, what is it to wrestle with God? Um, now, if I say wrestle with God, and some of us here maybe take that a bit literally, a passage we might in our heads turn to is that in Genesis of Jacob literally wrestling with God. Now, this isn't the type of wrestling Psalm 77 is necessarily on about. By all means, try and get God in a good little headlock when you're feeling spiritually frustrated, if you wish. But I still think there's something we can take from this. You see, as it says, God, uh, J- Jacob wrestled with God, and he wrestled with him till the morning, till the daybreak. Um, the word for wrestle is a bit different here. Uh, the word here for wrestle means dust, or rather more applicably in this context, because we know the word is actually used nowhere else in the Bible, but we know from other texts at the time, it also means to be covered in dust. So wrestling can also mean to be covered in dust, if we can make sure we get that up on the screen. Wrestling to be covered in dust. Now, I'm going to leave you with that as I just uh, take a little sidestep here. And I'll tell you about something I've uh, had a, decided to have a bit of an affinity with in the last year, and that is wild swimming. If you don't know what wild swimming is, hopefully we can have a photo there. There we go. Look at that. So if you don't know, that's me, and then that's Paul's son, my good friend Jonas, next to me. And last year, last summer, we took a trip to Penny Fan, and we did a little hike with a few friends, and obviously we took a rubber dinghy with us, because why not? And uh, we went for a swim in this little pond that's sort of in the arms of Penny Fan. And I can tell you firsthand, it's freezing. Like, it's cold. And so what I've decided, in my sort of analysis of what it is to wild swim, anyone who's done anything like this, I've decided there are two types of people when it comes to wild swimming. Firstly, you have the progressives. And they'll be straight-faced, nothing phases them, they'll just wade in, they've, they've got it. And then you've got the dunkers. The dunkers are a bit more out there people, generally, I think, and they just go for it. Now, I like to think I'm a progressive. I like to think I can wade in and I'm just going to slowly at the end push off really gracefully, just float my way through. That's not going to happen. I know I will get to my waist and I'll freeze. If I want to get in, I just have to get to my knees and go for it. If I want to swim, I've got to just go for it. 
You see, there's no warm-up, no progressively wading into it with Jacob and God when they wrestle. No dipping your toe in. Jacob wrestles. Jacob gets covered in dust. He fully confronts wrestling, being fully immersed. And this is something really important for us. If wrestling is to fully, wholly confront our frustration, our longing for God, we might sometimes have to look something in the eye we don't necessarily want to. Now, there's a passage in Numbers 21. I'm going to go for a bit of a random deep dive here. We can get that image up of the serpent. In this passage in Numbers 21, give you some context here. The Israelites are wandering around the wilderness, as they do, and they've just sinned against God, as we do. Surprise, surprise. And God, in response to their sinning and turning against him, God sends this swarm of snakes, a swarm of fiery snakes, as it says. And so it says in verse 7, So Moses prayed for the people, and the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole, and everyone who is bitten, when he sees it, shall live. So what's this got to do with wrestling with God? I think it's actually really important for us to take a look at. If we acknowledge that the serpent that's on the stick is the, the physical representation of their sin, of the Israelites that have sinned, how amazing is it, how cool is it, that when they look at their sin, they're healed? In other words, when they take a decision to look at something with God, and they fully confront their sin, their chaos, their frustration, God blesses that. So how are we defining wrestling? Well, I think it's to look at the sin, the chaos, frustration in our lives head on. And for us, to look at it head on means to come to God with it. Whether we're feeling depressed on our way home, as Jacob was when he wrestled with God, or we're up to our waist in freezing water, or being chased by a swarm of snakes. Wrestling is to come to God as we are with what we feel. So that's our what. Now I'd like to come to why. Why should we wrestle with God? Well, the simple answer is because he wants us to. Doesn't particularly satisfy me, but if that's you, by all means, go home. The job's done. God wants you to wrestle with him. But let's try and dig a bit deeper into that. Now, in my NIV, the first verse, verse 1 of Psalm 77 says, I cry aloud to God, aloud to God, and he will hear me. He will hear me. But if we look at this word here in this passage, it doesn't actually just mean, you know, to be aware of. You know, some of you might just be aware of what I'm saying right now. Maybe you're thinking about your roast that you've got home, or it's too hot, so you're doing a barbecue like we are, and, you know, you're not quite zoned into me. I've zoned out of plenty of sermons in this room. Don't worry. But God doesn't just passively hear us, does he? The word hear in this passage actually means to give ear. Not, not, not to listen, to give ear. There's an active response that we get from God when we come to him, when we wrestle with him. Do we really think our God that loves his children so much would simply be aware of what we're saying? Or does he listen in love? So what does this mean? What's our takeaway from this? Well, I think what we can say based off of that is implicit in us coming to God is a response from him. And isn't that something we should always be seeking as Christians? 
If to deal with someone, if to converse with someone is to grow a relationship, then shouldn't we be seeking wrestling because that's a way to, to respond with him, to talk to him. Now that might be something that some of us actually find quite difficult to hear or to get our heads around even. Maybe you're in that place of questioning whether God has simply forgotten you, has forgotten to be gracious. But in saying implicit in us coming to God is a response from him, I'm not for a second suggesting what that response is or that you'll necessarily hear anything back, but simply that God has listened to you. And if you want to know how he may be responding to your wrestling, then nothing else. The Bible is a limited list of ways in which God might be responding to us. But I want to suggest this morning, your takeaway, he does respond, even if it is simply to listen in love. Now, there's this theory in the literature on sort of co-parenting, co-governance. You know, anytime two people are in charge of something, and it's called opponent processing. It's where you and your partner, you have a problem, you choose to tackle it together, and then with your different perspectives, you, you, uh, you push against each other to find not necessarily a compromise, but uh, instead you find a solution where both perspectives are heard, um, and you find you know, a proactive solution to that. Sounds a bit idealistic, doesn't it? Maybe a bit too good to be true. But what's more interesting about this is when you relate it to a single management or a dictatorship, as you might even call it. When you're, or rather, when we're the only people in charge, when we're the only person in charge of our lives, there's nothing to oppose us. There's nothing that we need to contend with. And in that case, the results can often be suboptimal. And I was listening to this psychologist explain uh, this opponent processing, and he said that he, gets, he illustrates it with his students, because he's a lecturer, um, by getting them to do a little illustration. So I want you to all join in with me in this. So get your right hand and put it up in front of you like this. And what I want you to do is really slowly, really carefully, move it across your body. Really slowly, really carefully, move this across your body. It might wobble a bit, it might shake a bit. It's my first time up here, I'm nervous, give me a break. And but we can do that. It's, it's, you know, it's maybe not quite as secure as we want it to be, but it's, you know, it's moving. Now I want you to get your other hand, put them together, push against. So this hand's trying to push this way, this hand's pushing this way. And now move it across. It feels much more secure, much more steady, doesn't it? You can make it be much more controlled. Now look at what I've got you all to do without you even realizing it. You've got your hands folded in prayer. As I was listening to this psychologist talk about this illustration, how interesting is it that the modern-day psychological representation of wrestling is to pray, is to come to God. To come to God as we are, seeking him and his truth as an antidote to our sin, chaos, and frustration, is to do that opponent processing, which is to wrestle. And if we want to build that relationship with him, as in that co-governance, that co-managing, we need to be doing that. Strengthening, deepening our relationship with every contention, with every wrestle that we have with God. So let's recap the two points. What is it to come to God? And why should we do it? So what is it to wrestle? It's to come to God and with him look at the sin, chaos, frustration in our lives. Why should you do it? Because implicit in us coming to God is a response from him. Now, I've got three challenges here on which I want to end, and two of them 
will apply to everyone. So keep up, let's pay attention. The first is this. If you're wrestling with, with something at the moment, keep going. Well done. I hope that God has encouraged you, convicted you, um, that you're on the right track. And may God bless you in your wrestling with him. You've got this. Or rather, he does. Secondly, if you aren't really wrestling with anything at the moment, find something. Really won't be difficult. Look at the news, talk to your friends and family, read the Bible. I'm sure you'll find an apparent injustice, some conviction that you can wrestle through with God. Because if we can progress our relationship with someone by wrestling with them, then I think we have a strong case to say we should be seeking that with God. So one of those two will apply to you. The last one is for all of us. I want to challenge us to wrestle with the God, with God in, every, in the everyday. Not just the big philosophical things, which is maybe what some of us think about. Not just with creationism, Adam and Eve, why there's suffering in the world, how does God allow natural disasters, all great questions and ones I love to talk about. But I want to suggest that maybe we should be seeking God in the everyday just as much. What I mean by this is, in the 21st century, we have really detailed and great access to so much knowledge, and so much things are available to help us in our everyday. So maybe compared to 100 years ago, there's much less of a need to be looking to God for some divine intervention constantly. Now, that's a lot of words, so I'm gonna really illustrate that nice and clearly with some examples. If you're struggling mentally, you can pay to go and see a therapist. If you've had a scorcher of a week like this week, praise the Lord, you might need to pick up a hose and water your plants because the rain's not gonna do it. If you're physically unwell, you can call up the doctors and get a prescription. All these solutions are good. Don't think for a second I'm against medicine, therapy, or irrigation for that matter. All these solutions are amazing and God-given, but I want to challenge you still. Is a Holy Spirit-inspired conviction not better than one you might arrive at with a therapist? Is not an outpouring from the heavens better than a sprinkler? Is not a miracle of healing greater than penicillin? Let's wrestle with the big and the small every day to see God's kingdom come on earth. Because as a church, that's our challenge. As Christians living, that's our challenge. I've been convicted by this myself. At Hazelmere with our camps, they're very active, we do lots of sport, and I managed to injure my foot, and I was walking around moaning for about four days, for the last four days, and then I realized I should probably start praying about it before I go and see a doctor. Let's really try and wrestle with God in the everyday, and so I want your little thing that triggers you this week to be that hilarious photo of us with a dinghy up by the random pond in the middle of the Brecon Beacons. Let that be the trigger point for you in this week to wrestle with God in the everyday. So what is it to wrestle with God? It's to come to God with our sin, our chaos, our frustration. Why? Because he responds. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you are all loving, that you are gracious to us, and that even in those moments where we can doubt your very nature, doubt who you are, we have no need to doubt that you do hear us that you listen in love to those that call you Father. I pray this week you can bless us um, and encourage us to wrestle with you in the everyday, in the big and the small.
Amen. Amen.